Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Pre-Market Prep. Uh, Spencer Israel here. Bit of a weird show today. Uh, Dennis has lost power again. I know this happened like a few weeks ago. I feel like, or a few maybe a few months ago, it's happened again. Dennis has no power. Uh, if he joins the show, he joins the show. If he doesn't, he doesn't. Uh, but um, I spoke to him earl- uh, earlier, and he seemed very stressed. To say the least, I think the show is the least of his problems today, uh, considering he has open trades on and no ability to trade them. So uh, I got Joel, and I, and he got me, and we got Gene Munster joining us today from Loop Ventures. Uh, he's going to talk about the Apple event from yesterday. Going to talk about uh, just tech, you know, where he's seeing um, winners and losers, and uh, yeah. So we'll have a show. We're going to talk Netflix. We're going to talk earnings. Going to talk crypto, solar. Whatever you want to talk about, why not? Smash that like button. Let's go to work here. This is pre-market prep. Where's my intro? Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's pre-market prep with your host, Joel O'Connor. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been the penny. I will buy the stock for a penny everything you need to start your trading day. Joel, you have power, I have power, and that's good enough. How are we doing today? Are, are you are you buying that he doesn't have power? <laughs> are you really buying that, Spencer? I, I would say when I called him, he sounded very, very stressed. No, no very no, stressed. No, no. I, I'm shorting that for one simple reason. Why? Because he, I kicked he, his butt on that bet yesterday. He lost the bet yesterday. Yeah, he, he lost the bet, and yeah. then, you know, Dennis tends to be, you know, a little bit emotional sometimes, and he's mad okay. because he lost the bet with a stock with his name in it. Dick Sporting. <laughs> That's true. I, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't think about that, but that's yeah. True. Yep. He says, how could he do that? And uh, I, the inside day, it was an inside day. In fact, the low was 99.19 uh, from the day before. It went to 99.20, closed well above that. But uh, no, uh, no, I, he is in a fast market over there, folks. And uh, man, when you have 100 positions, I, I just will say one thing. He He's been in this position before, and he talked about getting a generator. 
I know. I, I don't know. know if he wants to do that before he gets to his new house, but whatever the case may be, folks, uh, you can look on your screen. And I, when I got up this, uh, in the middle of the night and I checked the quotes, I, I had to like reboot my phone. And <laughs> that's crazy, right? And then I asked Dennis in the morning if my quotes were correct, and he said yes. We're up 76 handles, folks. Uh, 75 handles at uh, 40, 20, 42, 44. Just the weakest, ugliest close you've ever seen in your life. They hit it after hours and opened up, caught a bid straight up, up to 42.50. We just made a new high. If, and this is a capital I, if this market can hold on to these gains today and just not like melt, then that's a great sign. And uh, we're holding up. This is unbelievable move. Uh, didn't see any direct headlines for it. Um, you can make up whatever you want, but uh, I don't know. The war's still going on. I don't know how things have changed. But you have crude oil coming off here, uh, three thirty-eight. That's good. It's down three dollars and thirty-eight cents. One twenty thirty-three. Uh, gold losing its luster. Uh, that's down thirty-three fifty at two thousand and ten. Silver getting hit too. That had a big move. That's down thirty-six cents at twenty-six fifty-six. Uh, Bitcoin, the big winner here. Uh, they're liking that uh, that regulation. That's up thirty-four seventy at forty-one nine seventy-five. We know where the big hurdle is on that. And uh, Ethereum futures, uh, they're going the same way. Not as much on a percentage basis, but they're up $188.50 at $27.40. So th let's start with the Bitcoin thing, because this is interesting here. Because when did the rally actually start? It was last night. It, we've been ripping since, like, what, 6 p.m.? No. Yeah, well, well no, this yeah. is 2200. So, you know, this is, uh, you know, um, around your bedtime, around yeah. 10 o'clock yeah and uh so when did the actual legislation come out it's not know. even out yet it's coming out today so my, my point is we've been ripping basically since like what 6 7 p.m last night or it really things really got going though at like 9 10 p.m and uh the, by, there's going to be an executive order today so the question is like is the word on the street out already yeah or, or is this just a just a massive fake out um, I think the word on the street is out. I mean, from, you know, I heard this guy talking on CNBC, whatever that's worth. Uh, but also, you know, it's kind of, it's going with the market here, right? And it was, uh, this market was, uh, you know, risk on, right? And you want to talk risk and risk on, uh, I think Bitcoin falls into that. How's ARK doing today? Is ARK right, doing I, I, I guess I guess the order is already out. But but the point is, I didn't, I don't think it was out last night. And maybe it was out last night, so maybe this whole thing is a moot point. But, but yeah, uh, whoever Patrick Starr said it right, regulation means acceptance. Mm -hmm. um, and as long as they didn't do anything, say anything crazy, uh, you're right. It's it's an executive order, which obviously is not not the same as as legislation. It's not as powerful and easier to reverse. But um, yeah, I mean, this is interesting because the news of the EO. Like we've known about this, we knew we knew about this. I think since last week that it was coming, um, but now that it's out, that that means what? It's out of the way. Buy everything. Buy crypto. I guess. So. I mean, that it's a uh, you know. I guess it legitimizes it if it's going to the point where it's a step toward. Uh, you know, legitimizing it if the government's making orders on it. And, you know, they want to try and avoid the money laundering or whatever. I don't think you'll ever get around that. Money laundering's been around as long as money's been around. So, 
not sure what they're not sure what uh, you know is going to come out of it. You can't argue with price, and that's it. Yeah, it's up. It's up thirty five hundred bucks. Yeah, and and you know what I think happened here is I think uh, Secretary Yellen's statement got it was posted early because Cameron uh, Winklevoss tweeted it. So her, her statement's on the site right now. Um, and oh, the Winklevosses they're and, still and, around, um, huh? And she, the statement was it was it was not like. It, it was not like we're attacking Bitcoin. It was it, it was a uh, support, more of a supportive stance there. So, um, yeah, I mean, crypto is kind of is one of your stories of the day here, right? We're up nine percent uh, overnight here in in in, in Bitcoin and uh, Ethereum too. I mean, it just that's that's one thing in the morning. The other thing in the morning is just a continued volatility. Joel, we've talked about this day in day out now. Um, I, I I'm starting to wonder if there's just a degree less of a, 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 a degree of less liquidity out there because we know that the less liquidity there is, the more volatility goes up, and volatility is certainly picking up here. The the moves that we're seeing are just so dramatic, and I'm wondering if if just a lack of liquidity has to do with that. People, well, you got a good point there. Um, and, uh, I'm going to quiz, I'm going to quiz you okay. and I'm going to quiz the chat and I'm a little, and I, and I have mentioned it over the last couple of days, but I haven't harped on it. Like I normally do. Yeah. What is today and tomorrow? What goes on in the market that only goes on in certain months? What happens? Uh, quad witch. Well, quad witch is next Friday. You're yeah. getting warm, warm, warm. You're getting warmer. But what happens before a quad witch? What happens before a quad? Oh, yeah. You mentioned this yesterday. The Didn't roll. You? There we go. Yeah, RFC WW nine forty nine. Yeah. The rollover. So that there is a little. You know, the the volume is going between two contracts. So if you're, and I'll explain this one more time. If you are long the march. Right, and you want to just roll it over. You want to, you know, keep the the position. You have to sell the margin by the June. Okay, you can do them simultaneously, and a lot of people do that. Uh, but you have to roll over the position, uh, and so that there's still liquidity there. Uh, but some people just don't do the spread. Right, the actual, you know, do it simultaneously. They they try and be, you know, a little little coy about it. Some of the bigger players. So, what if you were selling your march like all day yesterday, knowing that you were going to buy your June today? I'm just saying. Then you put that spread on. It's such a discount to what the actual spread is trading at. Uh, and so that you know, if you look for, you know. You look for unusual moves, you know, during this. Now, tomorrow will be the June contract. Um, I will still do my numbers on the March until Friday because the, the volume kind of comes over a little bit. But on, on, on Monday, I'll be all about the June, right? And so right now, I'm still about the March. Um, also, I just there's a little debate going on here about uh, inflation. And uh, I see Jay and Money Midge talking about it. And I, uh, you know, we had that conversation with Angie the other day. Remember Angie Setzer? Yeah. And (laughs) yeah. And, uh, you know, she made that that statement about, um, you know, the U.S., you know, being, you know, being able to produce our own food. Right. Yeah. 
Um, and I, I, mean, I thought about that statement and I, I asked her about the, you know, the markets and the commodity. And I, I asked her if I could call her and talk to her about it a little bit more. So I called her yesterday and she, she backed that up with a couple different things. I won't go in all into it, okay. but you know what she told me? What? She told me something really interesting. The cash markets in all these things are not confirming this move. The cash wheat market, the cash corn market, the cash soybean markets, they are trading at, you know, and the futures are supposed to predict what's going to happen, right? But she said, cash is always right. And right now, the cash, I mean, the, the obviously the cash has moved up, but there's plenty of supply out there. There's plenty of wheat. There's plenty of soybeans. There's plenty, there's plenty of commodity. Now, I don't, you know, the crude's a little bit different thing. Uh, but you know, and then she explained to me about, uh, you know, we will get through this and unusual circumstances. And she did make one other comment that I really liked. She goes, this has just been bizarre world, you know, for the last couple of years, COVID and now this war. And she said, if, if she woke up tomorrow morning and someone told her that there were aliens in Des Moines, Iowa, you'd believe it. She'd say, okay, well, I guess we got to deal with uh, aliens in Des Moines, Iowa. So for you inflation people. Um, you know, uh, I don't follow the cat, you know, the, the cash, the spot market. I don't follow those as uh, closely, but someone like, uh, you know, Angie, who's, you know, has farmers and hedgers and commercials, um, she keeps an eye on it. So that, that, that's good to hear, Joel, because as we were talking about like a little bit yesterday, every company really at the end of the day, everybody relies on the same raw materials, right? We all rely whether it's oil or or metals, if you're an EV maker, every company relies on some form of raw materials. And if every raw material is going to go through the roof, then what does that right. mean for everybody else down the line? So it's good. That's that's good to hear that that, that the cash markets are not supporting the craziness out there because once you go down that rabbit hole, it's, it's hard to climb out of it, frankly. So it does make me feel a little better. So yeah, I just sorry about that. Uh, Angie's Twitter handle is the uh, the goddess of grain, and uh, man, oh man, uh, we're gonna get her on a lot. We're we're gonna get her on a lot more, and uh, it was fun. She was actually with uh, the King of Corn, and they they were talking to different farmers in the Midwest. So okay, fifteen minute tangent. I don't get to do as many tangents when uh, when Dennis is. I know right. we, nice. we, we both can talk more today because he's not. Let's get him by. Yeah, let's nice. you know. Let, actually, I'm the one that pulled the plug on the power in his house, so I can talk more <laughs> today. So wait, so let, let, let's pivot here. Uh, wait, let me check the order, my order of operations on the side here. All right, we already talked about crypto, um, Joel. I want to talk about Netflix here, okay? Um, because there is a and there's a rating out today, an analyst rating that I thought I would never see in my life. Michael Pactor from Wedbush, who's been on our show many times, has had an underperform rating on Netflix, I think, for a decade. Don't quote me on that, <laughs> but I think for a de- I think for ten years, or 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 maybe nine years, somewhere around there, he has been bearish Netflix. Not today. He is officially upgrading Netflix to neutral, Joel, because it's reached his price target that he gave. Um, his price target was three forty-two. Netflix is there now, and so the 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 longest 
the longest tenured bear for Netflix on the street is no longer a bear as of this morning. So I just thought I thought I would never see the day. You know what you call that? Wiggling out. Yeah. Yep. You got it. Wiggling out, and uh, you know, I mean, it's uh, you know, I guess next, um, uh, I guess the next uh, time that the stars will align is when, and we'll get them on here again soon, is when uh, uh, Gordon Johnson does the same thing with I, Tesla. I, I hey, anything is possible. Now? Anything is possible now. If Michael Pactor is is no longer bearish Netflix, anything is possible. Uh, and give him give him props. He turned it. He he upgraded the stock because it the the price. You know he has his models, and it got to his price. And so it's nothing personal. Is he's just he's hey. I, he's married to the model, and he got there. And um, I just I just thought that was very notable. I don't think it's necessarily notable for the stock today because Netflix is trading with their kind of with the rest of the market. It's, yeah, it's up. It's so, up. so, but I just thought it was worth highlighting because I never thought I would see the day where Michael Pactor is bullish or at least not bearish on Netflix. Um, and then let's go to earnings here because uh, we had a, a number of them overnight and I, we were just talking about commodities, Joel. So let's go over to Campbell's Soup, CPP. Mm. Uh, they reported uh, overnight here. Earnings per share, fine. Sixty-nine cents was in line. Sales a little bit light. They reported uh, that their sales for last quarter fell due to quote industry-wide inflation and supply constraints. Net sales in the quarter decreased three percent year over year. Let me see. Do we have any guidance? We do have guidance. It was fine. That also makes me feel good. That Campbell Soup, which is you know obviously relies on all sorts of commodities, right? Uh, wheat, soy, sugar. Um, they're saying that their fiscal year EPS guidance is going to be where the street thought it was. So that's good. That's good to hear as well. What does this chart, what does, uh, what's the upper right chart remind you of? It's a real short term here. Now the test for Spencer. The upper right, the upper right chart is. Yeah, the, the daily. Oh, that's the daily. What does it yeah. remind What does it remind me of? Yeah. What stock? That we've taught that we talked about. I'll give you a big hint. So many, about, so many of them look like this. No, yeah, but very specific price action ahead of a report, and the report wasn't as bad. Oh, very. Give me a lot of hints. Price here. action ahead of a report, and we report. talked about it yesterday. Oh, and I talked about it at the beginning of the show. What? Well, I'm, 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 I, uh, Dicks was it? Dicks? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what yeah. the Dix chart. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're yeah. right. You're right. Yep, yep. So street, you know, well, yeah, the day before. So I was looking at uh, whatever. Uh, what's today? Wednesday. I thought today was Friday for some reason. Right. Uh, the price action. So I don't know if Campbell Soup's going to pull the same old trick, right? I do know, and I, I kept this line up here because forty two had kept a lid on it for a while uh, on the monthlies, and then it broke above it. it came down to forty two yesterday. I don't think I'm going to get real excited on the upside on this one until it could take out 43. And that's not too far. That's just using pre-market trading. It's not a great number. Uh, but, that you know, whoever scooped it up on the cheap yesterday, they're keeping a lid on it at 43. Um, and then, you know, just use your half and whole numbers on the way up. If, in fact, it continues. Uh, if you do blast through that low, which could happen, you're only up 45 cents. I don't know how carried away you can get on the downside because of all this uh, trio of lows under 42. So yeah. 41.75. So there is a quick look at Campbell Soup, who probably 
absolutely no one cares about and no one trades. I kind of like Progresso. And actually, Lisa makes the best soups. So not a big Campbell's soup fan, except for the double noodle, no chicken. The kids used to eat that a lot. All right. Uh, I'll, I'll bring some in tomorrow. How about that? Uh, MongoDB is kind of your biggest tech report overnight. Uh, it is trading higher. MDB is your ticker. Uh, EPS beat by 10 cents. Uh, sales beat uh, 265 million versus 253. I'm sorry, that was a guidance. 265 versus uh, 253 million dollars. That was your sales guidance. So that came in higher as well. The sales from last quarter also beat. Uh, it was it was mostly a good report. I mean, it was a good report. Yeah, it, it it's holding on to the gains. Just hanging out at 360, up three. Uh, up 12%. Man, new low of the move yesterday. Some people getting their money back. Um, I'll look at the two-day high here uh, of 314. If it holds 314, yeah, you got some more room on the upside. Uh, your next daily high doesn't come into 332.43. So can't really not uh, don't have as good a feel for this chart uh, as I do, like something like that Campbell soup. But um, there it is. Some nice profits there. Let's see if we can... Hold that 316, next target on the upside, 332.43. And who knows, if the market crumbles, the top of yesterday's range was 290. I don't know. Doesn't right. look like you're going to see that right now, but who knows in this Let, market. Let's go to a pair of really beaten down stocks to get that at earnings. One of them was Bumble. Uh, they also announced last night or yesterday that they are pulling out of Russia. I don't know how significant <laughs> that is to their business. Uh, maybe it is. Uh, I, I don't really know. Uh, the earnings were, were mostly fine. Uh, the revenue came in a smidge on the light side. Their average revenue per user was $22.83, which seems, seems pretty good. That seems pretty strong. Wait, wait, me. wait, wait. They get 22 How? From the advertising on that thing? No, from people paying the app. People paying. Really? App. Yeah, you can pay for stuff. And that's where the girls get to choose, right? It's where the, it's, well, it's where the women have to message first. No, the guys can't message first. Is the is the catch? Is that really? Um, that looks like it's been a great idea. Huh. Eighty. I don't know what to say about this one. Uh, maybe I'll take one from Triple D. If I owned it, I'd sell it. You know, after a, a you know a big decline, uh, trading near the highs of the pre market session. Uh, the the initial surge took it to twenty seventy five. Looks like you're kind of bid up. You know, bid here. It's not completely. The bumble's not crumbling. Uh, so let's get through that 2075, and then I can give you another target on the upside. Uh, and that would be huh, your next daily high comes in at 2324. Will it see 2324 today? I have no idea. Do we have a settlement around here? Now, and that 23, that's going to be a big number going longer term. Because you had a 23, you had a couple closes at, in the lower 23 handle. It looks like it was going to hang in there. And then uh, the next day it peaked at 23.24, and then it just got crushed. It went down to 19.48. I don't know if that was a bad market day or God, I can't even remember. That was Thursday. So that's what I'm looking at in Bumble. Good Good volume yesterday, so people were buying yeah. it up. Let's see if they're just trying hey, to flip it. It's my, it's the number one stock on my on my gainers yeah. tool this morning, Joel. Uh, and I have some filters on, so I'm not looking at every single stock out there, but I am looking at most of them. And Bumble is up 22 percent this morning. It's the number one on my on my gainers list. Um, Reopening no, trade, right? Uh, sort of. I maybe. 
I, I hard to say really. Um, number three on my losers list, and this is at an all-time low, is Stitch Fix, and this is a company that, <laughs> that is in. They are in transition. If you recall, the the founder and the CEO stepped down last year. Wow. When was that? It was it last fall, or no? I was thinking it was last spring. Now it was almost a year ago that that happened, um, or last summer. Sorry. So anyway, earnings per share. It, it, it is what it is. I mean, they're they're not profitable. They're losing twenty eight cents per share. Sales beat by a million dollars, which is nothing. Um, all-time lows. I don't know what I, single digits. It went from one hundred thirteen dollars a year ago to single digits today. I just brutal. Shelly's uh, kind of late. She said Dennis not show up today because Joel won the spy bet. Fifty yeah. percent correct. It was because I won the Dick Sporting Goods uh, bet. Uh, don't know what to say about this one. Uh, I the only thing I can say is that they took it down to eight. Right. And oh. you got to bounce to nine and then they took it down to eight again. And now it's back up. So I don't know if you're going to get another chance to buy this at eight. I, I don't know if you want to buy it, at I eight, but you, I think I you want to. And then if it goes nine bid, boom, you know, then you got some more upside. I, I'm not I wouldn't be too worried about, you know, these uh, these couple highs here, maybe nine to nine thirty. If it clears that, then it's got some room on the upside. But uh yeah, Stitch Fix. Now they're real. I, I don't know. People want to go out and buy clothes, right? They don't want someone, you know, online sending them. I, I know. Obviously. I know. I've never used it, nor do I know anyone who has. But I, I have heard through the grapevine that it doesn't really work that well. Yeah, I mean, That's... what are we? You know, we're not exactly fashion aficionados, so. No, no. Though and... I do have to go shopping this weekend, so. Uh... Oh yeah, where are you gonna go? What do you need? I don't know. I haven't. I, I need some shirts. I don't know. I need a little bit. A little bit of everything, Joel. A little mm, bit of everything. I don't, okay. I don't really know where to go. I'll take suggestions. Maybe I'll go to Target. Maybe I'll go to Kohl's. I don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. It's been a while since I did that. Duncan what about Lulu Lemon? You're making some big money. Why don't you go get the? Get some big get, money. This one. Uh, go we, go we, to get Lulu Lemon, man. Yeah, I, I can't afford Lulu. Come on. They're you so nice there. They, you just buy stuff because they're the, the girls that work there are so nice. Okay, go ahead. What else do we want? That's that's the job, right? It, it, is to be nice. Uh, Doc can ask if if Etsy is a similar trade to to, to Stitch Fix. Not really. Etsy is more of a, like a crap. Like is the guy yeah, they sell real stuff. Uh, well, the Stitch Fix sells real stuff too, but it's not just clothes. Uh, you know, um, but people make stuff and then they sell it. And yeah. you know it's a little, you know, and so you look at it, you buy it. You on Stitch Fix, you go and say, "Oh yeah, send me, uh, you know, some dress pants." You know, yeah. and then you're be like, "I hate these pants." And then, yeah. well, whatever, their oh. algorithms figuring things out. Uh, but no, Etsy's a different category here. Etsy's up four seventy six with the market. Uh, beat up, you know, got beat up with the rest of the, you know, 110 to 164, 54 point move, 27, let's just call it 30, 140. It did get back that area yesterday, but trading up today. I wouldn't mind it back in the in the 140 area. Shelly, let me tell you, if there was a Uniqlo near me, I would 100% go to Uniqlo. But there is no Uniqlo's in Detroit. There's only in the East Coast and, and Chicago, I think. So, uh what 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 place? It's a Japanese uh, store. It's called Uniqlo. It's fantastic. I have some great shirt, uh, clothes from there, but they're they're not in Michigan, uh, so not not 
not going to happen for me this weekend. Um, what else did I want to discuss? What else was on my list here? Let me go back there. Um, I wanted to talk about – oh, actually, I wanted to show you this chart. This is from Morgan Stanley, Joel. This is interesting here. This is a chart of the S&P 500. The mm-hmm. yellow line is the period from March 2018 to February 2019, right? And and so that bottom there was the, right the end of 2018 where we had that sell-off, right? And the blue line is the current chart of the S&P 500. Um, and it, it's not a perfect correlation, but it is kind of funny how they tend to rhyme a little bit. Um uh, so I, I, I mean, thought, I thought this was an interesting chart. I think it's kind of interesting too. Um, and you know, it's kind of stuff we're talking about. I, the only re- I mean, it's nice and it's pretty and you can put your, you know, your bids out there at thirty eight forty by early April. Uh, to me, it's a whole different world. It's a whole different world out there. I, I don't think I, – I think comparing apples and apples here, uh, different – you know, did we bump – I can't remember. Did they try and raise rates during that period? Uh, no, was, no, I don't think we were raising rates. No. I think the last rate hike was like 2018, I think. Don't quote me on that. Or maybe 20 – Yeah, like, I can't remember. I mean, was was there COVID? Was there a war? No, no, uh, yeah, so that – None of the above. There's no – I mean, it's a nice pretty chart, yeah. but I, you know, I, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard. You can put yeah. you can put stock in it, and it's nice, but I – it's just how I feel. All right. Um, just I, – what I need to do a better job of is uh, telling people what sort of corporate events are on any given day, just so everyone knows. Um. There is a Lordstown Motors showcase event today. Take a ride for those of you who care. There is an event. Yeah, and uh, that, that, should, that shouldn't take uh, very long to go through that exhibit. I think they have like one car or something. Uh, yeah. Um, Dine, Dine Brands, D-I-N is the ticker. I think, uh, what are they? Restaurant, own? right? Yeah, they own... Um, Whew. They own Applebee's and IHOP. They have an investor day today, DIN. So I need to do. You like talk. Applebee's? No, no. I uh, Apple. I ate there once. It was horrible. No, no, no. I, I, I mean, I like it as a poor college student, but no. I, and I I'm not a big pancake guy. So okay, well there we go. Uh, but I, I want to start, and and then Woodward WWD has an investor day today. I want to do a better job of just telling people who has investor days, so that you know there could be headlines or whatever. Um, wow, they're smacking oil around, huh? Look at that. Yeah. What yeah. do you do? It. What do you do I if mean, the market is just in oil? Back. Look at this thing, man. Whew, 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 whew. I'll draw a line. I, I, as you notice, I've been easy on the technicals on this because holy mackerel. I, I mean, it, it, it is. And someone tweeted at us last night. Have you seen the inverse correlation between the USO and and the spy? Yes, yes, it's clear as day. There is a clear as day inverse correlation. Oil goes up, stocks go down, and vice versa. Uh, not CVX. <laughs> you know, it, 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 it's, I tell you, look at that CVX. Whew. So hard because, you know, it looks like, you, oh, 150. Oh, I'm going to sell 150. I'm 155. Oh, 160. Oh, boy. No, 165. No, 170. What do you got here? I'll give you a potential support point, and it's a capital P. Uh, you're filling a gap at 162.10 from Monday. Uh, potential, but that's what I'm looking at. At least it'd be a gap. That's really, uh, there's another gap down here, though. 
but uh, they're up. Oh, Spoos, new high. I know. Holy it's... mackerel, what is going on? I'm watching it just like you are. If man. we hit yesterday's high, which was 42.75, I'm going to walk on my hands down to the office on the lodge. That if we hit yesterday's high and, and wait, it yeah, was, I shouldn't uh, say that. That's only 25. That's, that's only not very far away, Joel. That's, I know. I take that back. I'm not going to do 42.75. That's 20, 24 handles on that. Not even. Joel, and, and I can't walk on my hands. Do you, do you know what the national average for ga- a gallon of gas is in the U.S. right now? Four dollars, uh, four dollars twenty-five cents. I heard some. Well, a couple. One personal statistic. Yeah. Uh, I don't use oil, that much oil. I mean, I know. How, how often? Like you, like the, the guys that, that slap the sticker on your car when you go to the oil change, they want you to come all the time, right? So they tell you, oh, you got to come in three months or so many thousand miles, right? I mean, who does that? I mean, you don't go until you get the uh, the change oil light on, right? And you smell something burning. That's when you no. go in. That's when you go in and you get your oil changed. Also, gas. I mean, I, I fill up my tank. I got a big old tank. I, literally, I fill my car up once every three weeks. I, well, you, don't, you don't. You also don't drive a lot. So yeah, uh, yeah. And then also another thing I heard. Um, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Boris is pointing out that Joel doesn't do anything. His driver does it all for him. That's right. <laughs> and uh, and then what was the other thing? Um, a very interesting statistic. Uh, in two thousand eight, I wish I would have wrote this down. Um, you know, when we had the oil spike, um, our economy was much more reliant on oil. And oh, it was Jeremy Siegel that I heard saying this on CNBC. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's a smart guy. So, smart guy. and I think he said something that we're twenty, like twenty five percent reliant, where we were seventy five percent reliant. I don't, I don't know, but he's also calling for like a lot of interest rate hikes. So, um, anyways, that's uh, that's just about my right. take on oil here. Well, let's get Gene Munster on this show, uh, founding partner at Loop Ventures. Uh, we have not talked to Apple once today. They had their event yesterday. It, it, it came and went. There wasn't really any surprises, but I want Gene's thoughts on Apple and more. So he's going to join us by phone right now. Gene Munster, going to bring you on. Gene, are you here? I am here, Spencer. Yes. How are we doing today? Doing fantastic. Great to be here. All right. Um, I kind of mentioned. Go ahead. Go ahead. You mentioned well, Apple, and then the, I got it. Yeah, the, the Apple event, there was nothing really unexpected out of that. Can you give us your your reaction to it? I think the takeaway was below the surface. People were focused on the product announcements, understandably. It's 5 to 10% of their revenue was captured in those. And I think the more important piece was looking beyond the headlines and just the reality that this is uh, the first event they've had this year. They're on track to do four this year. They did four last year, four the year before. And what it tells me is a company is – having success uh, despite headwinds that we've all dealt with the last couple of years to getting products out, continuing on a just a strict cadence. And that's the sign of a, a, a great company, a, a solid uh, product development team. If you want to know how hard it is, uh, just ask uh, to get products out the door, ask Rivian, ask Lucid, oh, yeah. ask John Deere for that matter. And uh, it ain't easy and they keep doing it at a, a high level. And so why is that important is that, for the stock to continue to move higher in the years to come, you have to have 
uh, this uh, product uh, movement continuing, and that it comes in the form of upgrades, which we saw yesterday, a couple new products, which we saw in new product categories. And I suspect that if they can do it over the last couple of years, they can continue to do it in the next few years. Of those new products, what what jumped out to you? Well, the probably the biggest takeaway was that the iPhone SE, which is the entry-level iPhone they increased the price uh, for the first time. It's been around for six years and they increased it by 8%. It's nominal, but I think it is uh, an indication that they have pricing leverage. And so usually you don't, uh, your entry-level product, you try to keep it at an entry-level price. And uh, they've done that. They've held that line just across the board, but they have uh, increased it. I think that that uh, stuck out. I would temper expectations. Whenever they come out with a new SC, there's some enthusiasm that they're going to start to grow market share. And if you look at what's happened with Apple's market share with phones over the last six years since the SC's been out, it has increased from 18% globally to about 20%. But most of that increase, in fact, all of it has come in the last two years as people have just been kind of reassessing their tech needs and and, and paying up for better phones because it has higher service given everything that's been going on. And so I think that to answer your question, Spencer, I think the biggest takeaway was the pricing of the SE. We're on the line with Gene Munster, the managing partner of Loop Ventures, uh, originally from uh, Piper Jaffrey. So, Gene, over the years, I, uh, when you've been on the show, I, I've been pretty easy on you. Uh, but I, I got a tough question for you today. And it's something that I'm kind of, I'm going to ask it in specific to Apple, but then I, I think about um, other companies as well. How... Uh, with the Russian situation, with Apple pulling out of Russia, right, and closing their stores for no, you know, who knows how long, how much is that going to put a crimp in uh, the next earnings reports and the next earn- Are you going to adjust your numbers down for the next quarter, for the next year, and just also discuss that on the whole? All these companies pulling out, it has to have a negative impact on earnings. It does. And the answer is that uh, Apple doesn't break it up. You can back into it. It's about uh, just under 2% of total revenue comes from Russia. When you're uh, close to a $400 billion company and you're trying to grow, every percent matters. And so uh, the answer, Joel, is that it is a setback. It's a headwind. I, I've seen other numbers from other uh, U.S. companies, whether it be Coca-Cola, Pepsi, uh, uh, McDonald's. They tend to be in that low single-digit percent impact. And so um, it's a headwind is, uh, is the, the case. Do I think it's going to change numbers? No, because I think that um, analysts have probably underappreciated how strong Apple's product line is. But I do think that it takes away some upside. Hmm. Are there other potential dominoes here, Gene? Or do we think that this is what what's already happened here with regards to Apple and Russia? Are there, there, are there any, like any way this, this, this creates a domino effect with China at all? Or? Yeah. If, the, if I put the probability that something goes uh, uh, awry with China uh, low, it's probably 5% chance. Okay. Uh, Apple would be in the, in the tight spot there. And I think it would be the companies that probably would be, punished the most by investors just given uh, their supply chain connections there. 15% of revenue comes from there. Again, I don't think it's going to happen, but uh, the, probably the better question is, do we think, do investors, do we think that investors are going to have increasing belief that there's going to be more friction, yeah. more conflict in Asia? 
And my sense is, I mean, this kind of changes on a week to week basis, but my sense is that, um, you know, well, this has been, been uh, frequently talked about as kind of the opening for, for China's move on Taiwan. I think that some of the alignment that we've seen between Europe and uh, U.S. And, and, and Japan, I think, probably plays more into the hand that uh, China will be reluctant. That's um, an amateur's guess on this. And so uh, to answer your question, Spencer, it is something yeah. big. Apple's at the, the front center of it. Uh, on that piece. And uh, I don't think it should keep Apple investors up at night. I was reading a note from uh, Morgan or a highlights of a note from Morgan just regarding, um, and I'm going to pivot here away from Apple over to like Tesla and the EVs. And the Morgan Stanley note talked about supply costs, material costs specifically, right? And how Tesla is kind of the only EV maker around that has the ability to somewhat control their pricing on on nickel lithium etc you know the things they need for the batteries uh is that your sense as well yeah they have they have better pricing control i think than typical just given their the volumes that they're dealing with but i think that there's a bigger theme going on in terms of electrification and the supply chain whether it's the natural resources that go into it or just the manufacturing of it and i think you still have uh, that that production is still largely anchored in in um, in, in Asia. It's anchored in Taiwan, and uh, I think that that's something you're going to hear a lot more. I think of a company like Redwood Materials, private company founded by one of Tesla's founders, J.B. Strobel. But this is a company you're going to hear more about. It's not about battery recycling. I think it often gets lumped into that category that this is a battery recycling company. Yeah. They have close ties to Tesla, but it's really about um, battery manufacturing than anything. You got someone short the market in the background there, Gene? Yeah, you know what? I need two minutes here. Just if you guys can uh, uh, play. I think we may have a, a Zoom moment here. Please. All right, Gene, I just moved you backstage. Uh, now, the, now the problem will be – so Gene will come back in a couple minutes. I, I think he's dealing with some uh, uh, sort of a market sell-off in the background or something there. I'm not quite sure what's going on. He's got, uh, I, 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 I thought I heard someone say, sell, sell. No, they're like they're like in some margin call or something. But uh, anyways, uh, we'll wait for we'll wait for Gene to come back. There uh, was there. Do we want to go back to earnings here? We're gonna have to go off script here a little bit. Did uh, um, you want to? Was well, there any? Did we get any earnings out of the way? I know we did the Pactor thing. We covered most of. Them. I'm going through. Oh, here's one. I just I'm just noticing that XPO Logistics is near the top of my. Movers tool, they are doing a spin-off here today. XPO is they're splitting into two different companies. And this was announced yesterday after the close. They're split, they're spinning off their trucking and freight brokerage unit into separate companies. They're gonna exit their European business and sell their US intermodal operation. This is XPO. I'm just seeing that. Oh boy. And you know, these yeah. The, yeah. Is Gene back? I think Gene's back. Gene, you back? I am. All systems yeah. good and under control. Thank you. The, the, the margin yeah, no problem. Margin no calls problem. good there? <laughs> Everything is good. Right. Yeah, we've turned up more positive. But my daughter's, uh, my five-year-old daughter is more positive than I am on the market, which I'd love to talk to you guys about. <laughs> I'm sure. I would love to hear it. Yeah. What did she well, say? <laughs> well, she, she's an internal optimist. I'm, I'm an optimist too, but I... You know, I just think about the contours of this market, and this isn't overstating uh, anything that's front and center, but we just think, take a step back. 
over the last six months, there was anticipation that rates were going higher six months ago and the market just kept going up. We knew rates were going higher. We, the market just kept going up. Inflation was hot September, October, and the market kind of just started to realize it in uh, or factored in in January. Then we had geopolitical risk. Uh, there was not a surprise. There was um, uh, the, the moves by Russia were well uh, articulated or well documented for a month and a half. And it was, there was a general sense, don't worry about it. And I think uh, those two forces have uh, partially been factored into the market, perhaps all entirely factored in. I hope so, but maybe, maybe not. But I, I do think that this uh, piece around what energy costs are, understand that they are, are fluid right now. But I do sense, um, again, I come back to what the anticipation is going to be. The reality is less important to me. It's what the anticipation, is there going to be greater anticipation that there is uh, energy-induced uh, recession? And again, headlines all around anticipating that, but I still don't think the market has really uh, factored that in. I think I kind of see it in today's movement too. This um, The market wants to go higher in my view, uh, but I, I still think that we're not quite at the bottom Yet our fund is still greater than 50% in, in cash here. Uh, we're not going to call the bottom. I think the bottom's going to get put in place in the next three months. Uh, but uh, uh, I don't want to miss the rip back either. But I just, I, th I think we're just not there yet. 50. Wow, Gene, it's like you almost like were reading my mind for like where I wanted to go because uh, I know you were, you know, from following you and reading. Um, you know, your, your weekly newsletter and folks, if you guys don't sign up for his weekly newsletter, then, uh, then you're wasting your time at uh, Luke ventures. It's a, it's a great read. I love It's something I like to read on the week. Cause you see all the, all the numbers and all the news and everything. And then, you know, just kind of a, a, a perspective when the markets are closed to talk about. So everyone should sign Appreciate up for that. that. But, but Gene, uh, you were cautious on the market. Uh, and this is before the whole Russia thing, based on the interest rates. We had some private conversations about that. Um, so you see a day like this, and it's so easy to think, I missed it. I missed it. And yeah. But, you know, we talk about not chasing, and you know, in this market. It certainly hasn't, you know, paid to chase things on the upside. And, and uh, you know, on the other hand, you know, when things sell into the hole on this, these rallies just kind of come and rip your face off. Uh, but like for the growth stocks, I mean, I know you're, you're, you know, you're not Warren Buffett and you're not Kathy Wood, but you, you, you fall in between there and, and you follow these growth. Stocks. Is there anything out there, you know, notwithstanding today um, in the tech growth that that's got a, got on your radar? Um, you know, there, Facebook yeah. has come down a lot. What, what are you looking think, at, Gene? We're we're investors in Facebook. I uh, think that that is uh, at this point. You know, we talk about that that next wave of concern around geo, uh, around the recession risk. I think that uh, Facebook is largely priced in. Uh, the fact that it's down fifty percent from its high doesn't mean anything, as we all know. What what's more important is they still have an incredible advertising business, and they're going to have some tough comps here in the next. A uh, few months uh, as the the IDFA from Apple, but I think that that is why the stock has gone down. And so I think that that is one where I'd say if you want to own large cap near term, I think Facebook is a good uh, place to be. I think uh, most of large cap is probably going to take a, a step back before a step forward. I'm a big believer. I think Apple's a $250 stock in the next couple of years. 
but I think a lot of big tech is going to see some softness here in the next month. And again, don't want to send a mixed message. Um, I do think there's a whole nother theme that has, I, I don't think it's been really um, uh, identified, but is this idea of M&A. And, you know, we saw some activity yesterday from Microsoft and obviously what Amazon's doing. And we're going to hear more from the uh, FDA Amazon uh, deal, the MGM deal is going to go through or not in the next week or so. But I do, I do think that there are real companies. I'll put them as real companies that have been uh, obliterated here in the last uh, nine months. And I put companies like Toast, uh, Affirm, yeah. Peloton, Redfin. Th these are companies that um, I'm not invested in any of those. I'm invested in other companies that kind of fit that profile, I would say. Mm -hmm. But the basic idea is this, is that if you're uh, work in M&A at large tech, you're uh, first and foremost, you're thinking about how's the government going to impact. And it seems that the environment, I think, is is subtly shifting more towards a favorable uh, relationship with DC, given all the things that are going on in geopolitical. I think that there is, I'm not saying it's going to be uh, embracing in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a hug. I'm just saying that it's not going to be as confrontational. I think that's an opportunity for, for M&A. And then separately, if your job is M&A and you've seen these companies go up a lot in the last two years, you are looking around and saying, who is who is available? And you're getting to work. And I think you're going to see some M&A. And I think you could do a basket of uh, some of these companies that are, again, real companies. That, so each of them has had their issues. Some of them have had real issues, a.k.a. Peloton. Others have had uh, small issues that have really hit the stock hard. And I think that is a, an underappreciated part of tech investing here is going to be uh, uh, M&A over the next year. Gene, you mentioned stocks like a firm, and so many of these have been so beaten down. You're a fundamentals guy. So when you're looking at one of these stocks down 50, 60, 70% in the last year, year plus, what sort of things do you look for? What metrics, either on the balance sheet or – income statement or whatever, what do you look for that tells you, okay, this is a good company here? Well, we did our uh, methodology. We refer to it as a reverse DCF, reverse discount cash flow. And the way it works is we take the, the current price of a stock and we try to factor in what our analysts and what our buy side expectations for uh, earnings growth over the next two years. And so you can look at a valuation and use a discounted uh, discount rate and try to basically guess what investors are looking for. And where we, where our light turns on, where we want to go green and, and be buying these is at the point where we think that the, the, the street is mismodeling what the long-term growth is. I'll give you an example of a, a holding that we have. We own Zoom and uh, Zoom is, um, it's up a lot from before the pandemic. It's down a lot from its peak. What's the what's the true uh, value? And, and we believe that what's priced in is is something around five to seven percent growth over the next few years. Five to seven percent earnings growth. And uh, some people can say that's aggressive because we're going to be uh, shifting back to 2019 world, and we're not going to be doing Zoom as much. Uh, some people, uh, including uh, Loop, believe that that's conservative. That um, Zoom is is now a verb. And there are some things that are, are going to be uh, kind of with us for a long time. And, and you, when you have a product, so that, that stands your question, Spencer, that is uh, our exercise is the 
reverse DCF. And that's an example of Zoom would be an example of how we would approach that. Uh, Gene, I don't know if you want to uh, comment on this at all, but uh, man, the, there's such a huge discount uh, with this Microsoft and uh, Activision deal, and I, you know, who knows when this is going to be uh, resolved? Uh, Eighty-one bucks. I mean, this thing it doesn't move up, down, sideways, whatever. Uh, that's a real discount and a cash deal uh, to ninety-five dollars. Uh, I know you're not a regulatory expert, but uh, what do you look at the likelihood? I mean, you know. Is there is there fourteen bucks on the table out there, or downside? You know, with the risk, you know, downside maybe back down to sixty five seventy. Any comments on the Microsoft Activision deal? I think there's money on the table, and I think that uh, again, I'm I'm basing it on uh, trying to triangulate where regulators are, where Washington's at, and uh, where what this deal kind of represents in terms of the you know, is there really some regulatory issues there and um, so I, I think that it ultimately gets done. Um, uh, uh, that if you're going to ask me to put a probability on it, I would say there's an 80% chance it gets done and you probably can do a, uh, a weighted outcome there and, and figure out whether that means there's, there's money on the table or not. Cause uh-huh. 80% chance it gets done. You're plus 14, 20%, uh, you're down 30, something like that. I don't know what that ultimately comes out to. Okay, uh, one more out of me, and then see if Spencer has anything or anything for you. You doing okay on time, Gene? I don't want to. I got about two minutes. Okay, but, okay, um... two minutes. Okay. Uh, my question is, and this kind of goes back to Facebook a little bit, and uh, metaverse plays. Uh, someone mentioned Unity software. If you could give us a, you know, your comments on that, and then also uh, metaverse plays. So I think uh, the the best is uh, Facebook. Um, you know, I think that that you have the benefit of a an ad business plus a company that believes very much in not only the hardware but the the network around the metaverse. And so I think that's probably the 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 most logical earnings backed play. And uh, Unity is one company we've known a long time. We were investors in it as a when it was a private company. And uh, go kind of go back to that uh, reverse uh, discounted cash flow where it starts to get attractive for us is is probably in that uh, we're, we're kind of in that range now where it's getting more attractive. We, I would say in the, the 70 to 85 range. So we're there. I'm a little bit, the reason why we're not uh, backing up on that is it's still, I think it has high growth. The reason why it's not a backup is that uh, I think that these types of companies are given it's still trading at eight or 10 times revenue uh, can be, negatively impacted even though they're down a lot even more impacted if we kind of have fears of a recession and so uh for me um it's uh to answer your question i'd probably lean towards the bottom of that range that 70 dollars range all right gene munster uh managing partner uh loop funds uh gene always a pleasure man thanks for thank out. you yep bye for now all right Alrighty. thanks gene all right Gene Munster joining us by phone. We appreciate his time. All right, we got five minutes left today. Uh, if you missed the beginning of the show, Dennis is 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 fine. He's alive. He's well, but he has no power, or at least as of an hour ago, he had no power. I hope he has power back now. But but who can say at this point? So uh, he'll be he'll be back with us tomorrow, presuming his power comes back on. But we're at the mercy of the uh, the u- utilities gods on that one. Um, we got five minutes left in the day. If you have any tickers for us, drop them in the chat. Uh, let me see what I missed here. So XPO Logistics, we're talking about that, Joe. XPO. Oh, yeah. I was yeah. talking about that. I mean, you know, I, I'm kind of sarcastic when these kind of things kind of happen. Like, yeah. okay, does it automatically make 
in you know the sum of the two parts, uh, eight dollars or thirteen percent better. Uh, I don't know, you know. Uh, it certainly worked for a company like Alcoa, right? Did it they split up? So, uh, short term, I have no idea. Um, I'll just give you the you know the pre market high seven. I guess long term, I have no idea. Seventy one thirty two. Uh, that's your pre market high. New lower the move yesterday. Uh, you got a you got a gap fill. Oh right. Oh, you're filling a gap here at seventy one twenty six. So. Oh, and that was actually a double bottom too. So that's my target on the upside. Get there. After that, it opens up a little bit more. But uh, you know, if it starts to fade, huh, you got a long ways to go down to get to the top. It's it possible for me to find a support point for you um, if they start to uh, if they start to hit this thing. If the sellers come in. Uh, all right, some tickers from the chat we can go to. Um, okay, we haven't looked at Nokia for a while. Nokia reminder trades overseas in Europe, so. The 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 NOK ADR in the U.S. will reflect whatever price action is happening overnight a little bit. So it's down this morning. Actually, it's been down. Uh, it's oh, a- all this morning, but it's down down big in the last. Uh, that's the best. All these stocks, and you pick Nokia. Well, I'm going from the chat, and I'm trying Jesus to find. Murphy. I'm trying to find. Oh, I'm trying to like we talk about the, the, the same two dozen stocks all the time. I'm trying to find ones that we don't normally talk about, like Nokia. Uh, I would say a European company, so that you know that that's not good, right? What's going on over there? Uh, I keep an eye on 485. Uh, we're right there right now. 478 uh, was your two, three highs right there at like 480, 485. So if it catches a bid, holds the bid, yeah, maybe you can move up uh, closer to five dollars. But uh, I mean, this stock, I mean, it's, it's just it has it, it had it, it had it got rutted, right? And it got over nine bucks, came back to four bucks. I mean, I just probably other places to put your money than all right. yeah. Generac. They all want to do Generac now. Generac because Dennis, Dennis. Uh, lost his power. That's why. Oh man, our, our generator is so good, but it's so old. I get so nervous. Uh, we got to move off earnings, and then we paused, right? And we paused big time. I can't just say three twenty because there's a few highs over there at three twenty and. What was this? The high of the move, certainly three twenty nine fifty. Uh, but if you're looking at this overall, let's say you want to get in. What you went from two fifty two to what three thirty? Oh, that's that's getting a little bit tougher. I'm gonna have to use my retracement tool here. I would say if you're looking to get this on a pullback, you know, maybe two ninety two, the three hundred dollar area, getting kind of close to there. If you think that this was like a major bottom here, or if you're long and you're just trying to sweat out this decline, you might have to wait to see it form a bottom 295, uh, 300. That's what I'm looking right. at. And then what do Zim, Z-I-M, this is a shipping play. They had earnings this morning, and, man, they blew it away on the earnings, on the sales. Uh, the EBITDA guidance was good. Big move. Wow. Yeah, now this is a champ, huh? Oh yeah, oh, is this is that an all-time high? Yeah, it is. This stock has oh, not boy. been around one down month since its IPO. Holy it looks like, holy. or at least green candles. Uh, above seventy-five, I don't know where it goes. I mean, uh, I'll give you the pre-market high. Uh, you had a few sellers here at uh, just under seventy-eight. So projected range, if they want to get it going to the upside. Make sure it gets through 78 and holds and 
On the downside, there is a big gap here. Uh, but that former all-time high, 75, I use that as potential support. Uh, if you don't want to buy, you know, if you're waiting to buy it on a pullback, you, you know, want to wait, 75 is a little too early for you. Uh, double top there. Uh, right at 73 bucks, 73, even 72, 79 would be the uh, the next support point. All right. It is 9 a.m. Uh, fun show, a show where Joel and I got to spread our wings a little bit more because Dennis wasn't here to hog half the conversation, but we missed him nonetheless. Dennis who? Exactly. He'll be back tomorrow morning. Joel, I'll catch you later on the At The Close show, everyone. I'm going to hop because Benzinga, I'm sorry, live trading with Benzinga starting live in five minutes. Before I go, though, some PSAs. Number one, we, there was someone in our chat last week that kept asking about App Harvest, A-P-P-H. We're going to have App Harvest on Benzinga Live later today. Uh, we're going to have the CEO on at 12.30, David Lee. Uh, or sorry, the president, uh, David Lee, on at 12.30 Eastern time. That's the first thing I want to say. Second thing I want to say is we are like six weeks out now from our next in-person event, the Benzinga Cannabis Capital Conference, April 20th and 21st. There is a link in the chat in the description of this video with a discount code, SHOWS30. It gets you 30% off your ticket. Go to bzcannabis.com. Dot com Again, the link is in the description of this video. Thanks to our guest, Gene Munster. Please remember, all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or training advice. Uh, TBD on whether I'll be there, Boris, because someone's got to stay behind and, and you know do the normal stuff. So TBD on that. Um, but it's going to be an amazing event. Uh, Canopy Growth will be there. Uh I think Cresco, Cure Leaf will be there. Tilray, you think, will be there. So, uh, big, uh, it'll be a big conference. All right, we got to hop live training with Benzinga. Ryan's, you need Mitch, get ready to go live at 9.05. The stream will end. Redirect that. Please, wherever you're watching this, smash that like button, that thumbs up button. It really does help us. And uh, catch you guys later. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.